Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties. It is the Kid X A B. It is your man, distinguished to God. It feels so good to be back. Yo, we we apologize for the delay and the brotherhood and the shits and the bantering, but we're back. Shout out to D Flow. D Flow is doing what he does best, mixing somebody's fucking master hit records. So shout out to D Flow. Yes, sir. You got any uh, all man? All man moments coming up, but before you, you you say that, we gotta intro that properly. Oh, oh, oh man! Oh, Damn, oh, this man. shit sound better. Oh, 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 that shit, that this shit, this shit sound pretty good. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, how we yeah, do. yeah. How we do. Been working on the sound quality. Any old mans from you, bro? Yeah, uh, I can't remember all these shits, but what I will say is I was in D.C., as you know, like two two weekends ago, actually. And I'm driving a fucking 2021 Hyundai Elantra. Have you ever driven an Elantra? I'm, I'm sure at some point. All right. Elantra... I feel like it's the number one rental car that you never get. You always put put like a Toyota or a fucking uh, Sonata, but you end up with a fucking Elantra. I I feel like I always drive Elantras for some reason. I don't know why. This one was giving a nigga Tesla vibes. I get into Elantra. Okay. Shorty's on the right hand side of me. Shout out to Rosa. I'm like, yo, I'm going to stop driving the car and see what the car do. Because the shit said I have driver assistance on. Bro, I took my hand off the steering wheel. The shit put the car back in a straight line. I swear to God. I said, nah. Nah, the car didn't just do that, bro. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. We're going to play with this car some more. I'm on the highway now, bro. I'm on the highway. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the highway with the shit. And I'm like, let's see... Let's see if I take my foot off the gas pedal and there's a car slowing down in front of me. Bro, the car instantly went into emergency brake and it started to decelerate. I swear to God. I was like, that's that's what they do. I said, okay, okay, Hyundai Elantra. And to tip it off, now this one right here had me because I was like, oh, wow. I feel like some cars already do what I'm about to say. But it's the way that it, it, it didn't allow me to, to do that. I was like, wow. I tried to jump into another lane without putting the indicator on. The car literally, the, the entire steering wheel froze. And it said, indicator must be initiated before next signal. I said, nah, this, this car no, is different. wild right now. Yeah, that's different. Bro. I don't know if I like that one, though. That, that, sounds, like, that sounds like a little too much. The car was too controlling for me. I said, motherfucker, I'm driving you. My dad told me when I first started learning how to drive, you don't let this bitch control you. You control the machine. You control the car. Yeah, I, I, I ain't with that. That sounds like a little too much. Right. So that, that, that's my all-man moment. I, I tried to get crazy with the vehicle. The vehicle said, nigga, I, I'm going to get crazy on you. The emergency brake shit was wild, though. The shit literally put the emergency. It shifted its emergency brake. That was wild. Nah, that indicator sound wild to me. You can't put. Oh yeah, that even... indicator shit was yeah. yeah. You you cannot move into the lane unless 
I'm like, so what if you can't get to the indicator because you're having a malfunction in your body? Nigga, you're going to die. <laughs> or, gonna die. or if you need to really just swerve out the way, you're going to die. You're going to die? I mean, I'm sure you could get that shit off. But, right, right. Yeah, that's not. Like I, I didn't know how to. Yeah, no, nah, I didn't like know. And and I'm driving. I'm driving. Or I'm driving five hours to DC, going, driving five hours back. I couldn't take it off because I didn't. I didn't have enough time to learn the car. Yeah, I have enough time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, <laughs> my all man, uh, we have a mutual friend who has decided that they wanted to go across <laughs> the pond, uh, and live out their best life. Will not be name okay. dropping. But this young lady decided that that's what she wanted to do. And so there were some snacks and things that they just don't have uh, in, in the area that she went. And so right. me being the good friend that I am, I was like, hey, oh, boy, let me send you a care package. Oh, well, she had brought up the idea of a care package. And I was like, yo, if you really want one, I'll dead ass send you it. And she was like, you sure? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So you can clearly tell that I am not Caribbean because y'all niggas oh, be sending care packages out at least twice out of the month. Yeah, so yeah, facts. Y'all are facts. very familiar with the pricing that comes along with sending out said care packages. Oh, 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 hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. My Yankee ass is not as familiar. In fact, I'm sending out a care package actually next week. To be honest, to Jamaica, See? actually. I am not very familiar <laughs> with the international, you know what I mean, sending and receiving of, well, receiving, of course, from China. Okay. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the sending, I'm not that familiar with. And so okay. my happy-go-lucky ass goes, and I'm hustling. I'm getting all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make the care package extra special because I'm going to put a little gift in there that she's not going to be expecting to come or whatever so i'm like boom getting all this stuff i go to the to the window of the u.s post office mm-hmm. and i present the two boxes to them mm-hmm. and they hit you with that you know they hit me with, with that the, fee with the 73 for the first box facts and 69 for the second box facts and i said oh so $150 to send out some fucking snacks. <laughs> yeah. Because them perishables could get damaged. Did you put insurance on the perishables? Oh, they automatically came with insurance. Both boxes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. As- that mean that 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 mean they they have a limit on how much you send within the care pack and then they'll honor it. It's it right, up to 200 you can send before I think okay. you have to buy additional insurance or some shit like that. Okay. Okay. So the packages didn't individually; they didn't come up to two hundred dollars. But that, I can that, very that, easily great. see how something can come up to two hundred dollars. Welcome to our world, baby. Well, welcome. Yeah. So, um, spent that, spent that extra one, uh, one fifty. But it's all in love, so I'm not upset at the at the money. I just didn't expect it, which was but like, wait. oh shit. But wait, so. You said this is our mutual friend. Obviously, no names. Is this a, a person that would do this for XAB? Who knows? I don't know. I don't operate like that, so I wouldn't know. Honestly. I'm not I'm not saying tip for tat. I'm just saying out of the kindness of their heart. You know, happy-go-lucky ass. I, I would presume that if 
push came to shove, yeah, I don't think off rip this person would do that. Okay. I think if we Listen. were having a similar conversation and I was and I directly asked, can you send me a care package? They wouldn't say no. However, I don't know if they would have taken the initiative like I did to be like, yo, you know, if that's what you need, I'm going to send it. There's only two people that you know that will take the initiative, and their names is Distinguished and D-Flow Productions. You know, it's funny because I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how many of my women friends would actually take the initiative because many of them don't, which is definitely... And Damn! This show started off. Well, what the <laughs> fuck? You 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 want to start it over? <laughs> you, nah, somebody's somebody's gonna be listening to this tomorrow, and they're coming for your ass, nigga. Well, not me. I mean, listen. At the end of the day, they haven't shown and proved. I, I I'm thinking about it right now. I'm thinking about the times. I'm thinking about, and we're gonna talk about gifts in a little bit. But I'm thinking about oh, the times shit. where uh, I've given somebody a gift, uh-huh. and they didn't reciprocate. I've I'm thinking about times where we've actually spoke about, hey, we're going to exchange gifts on Christmas, and then I'd be the only one to actually come up and exchange the gift. Um, And so, like, when it comes to taking initiative to be like, yo, X, not even even to to tell me, but to be like, yo, X, this is what I'm going to do for you today. Or here's this. The only person that I think uh, did that recently... I would say is Matessa. She actually uh, sent me a book for my birthday. So I'm trying to think of anybody else um, of my lady friends. We got to like get deeper. Friends we we got to get deeper. We, we got to get deeper into this. Bro, is that. Is, is, is that on your, your dad hat from the Rugrats? Yeah, that's that's reptile, my nigga. Uh, that's reptile. Okay, all right. That's, that's, I just want. To, I just want to make smart. sure. Okay, so nigga reps. Okay, um, I, I I think reptile would probably send you a care package before your lady friends. Okay, but just true. going deeper. Oh, and and of course, the young lady that I used to um, a couple, you know, like some of my exes right, yeah, have yeah have yeah. have been mutual. So I'm not saying we're everybody. not talking about. I'm talking about yeah, recently. We, we not, yeah. About. Yeah, but but we but let's stick to it. We're talking about women friends. We're talking about lady friends. We're not even really talking about women that you have had prior relations right. with. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this right here. Okay, so let I'm me look. To get to so the... I'm looking through my my phone right now. I see two. Oh shit! He said I pulled it up. I see two names that I think would would just go out of their way off rip. Okay. Um, okay. That I'll, I'll even pull it to three. Right there. Okay. Um, you like three? Yeah. Three is a safe number. Three. Okay. Uh, I, I, all right. I see another two. Yeah. So, you like five now? No, we have four. Um, oh shit! Okay, you said two. Okay. Um. So yeah, so let, let's say four to five. Four to five. Uh, people. I think. Out of the. There's a lot of women friends that I have that I think may take the initiative to like just be like I'm gonna just do something nice for X alright I'm sorry this is dad has some Botas um XAB 
Yes, sir. Oh God. <laughs> do 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 you have <laughs> in your phone right now? If you were to go to jail, somebody in that phone that is not a male friend will bail you out and are no questions asked. They're not asking what you did. They're asking where you are and how much bail money they gotta bring when they get to the jail. Oh, I absolutely think I have that. I feel oh, I, okay. I oh, almost God. feel like this is crazy to say, but I almost you know, feel this like is show. This is I show. almost feel like my female friends would be more inclined to do that than to just send me like, "Yo, X, you done so you've done X, Y, and Z before in the past. Yo, I'm paying for lunch for you today." I think they'd be more inclined to bail me out of jail than they would be to just send me a gift or, or even just be like, "Yo, lunch on me today," type shit. Look, let's take it a step further, then we could continue. This step right here is probably going to be the craziest step. Oh, boy. Um, I, haven't, I haven't done the show in like three weeks, guys, so forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you guys the guy that you want, okay? Um, XAB, do you have in your phone right now female ladies, friends that you love? I said female and ladies. You know what I'm yeah, talking about. I, I was just going to let it yeah, rock. Yeah, all right, okay, right, okay. Um, do you have... Friends that are women in your phone that will probably do more for you in an emergency than they would their own man. This is a yes or no. It's a yes or no. I'm talking drop everything and be like, I got to attend to my friend now. Uh, maybe one or two. <laughs> maybe uh, one or two. But uh, I wouldn't expect nothing like that, though. Like it, Bro, 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 stop. Your XAB. Don't Just matter. Like, I wouldn't expect that. I, the rules are different when it comes to significant others. I'm not going to expect you to treat me better than you treat your man like that. I'm t- I, that hence, hence why I blanketed it and I just put emergency. I didn't say treat better. But if that's what you feel like treating better is, my nah, nigga. Nah, but nigga, I, I feel it. like if it's you an emergency, it. are you saying like an emergency between me and a man and they're going to come to me first? Uh, I mean, if 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 that's how spicy you want to take it, Daddy. I mean, if that's if if, if that's what you want to, you know, categorize and, it as. Nah, I mean, in that in that particular case, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect them to to do that. Now, if it's an emergency on my end, and they man just is asking for regular stuff, um, then <laughs> I still I still wouldn't a hundred. I wouldn't expect it, but. You wouldn't it would be, be nice. It would be nice. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm in a you, if I'm in bro, a bad you, situation, and I hit up one of my my homegirls, and they like, I I'm coming, as opposed to being right. like, yo, I'm with my man right now. Yeah. Um, I was having. I can't say her name because, you know, I really don't know if she listens to the show, but I'm gonna just say, I'm gonna just say close friend. She put up a meme. Actually, let me let me pull it up since well, I want to make sure I'm on point. Now, this meme, I don't know how much of us in our life have people like this, but um, damn, don't tell me the meme went away. Okay, this is the meme. I got niggas who never touch me that'll do anything for me. Read that again. I read that meme 
and almost fucked up in the inbox today. Almost fucked up. I had, I had to catch myself. Mm. I hit her up. I put laugh out loud. I said, you got to chill. She's like, what does that mean? I said, I'm going to just say that I got mad love for you, and I'm going to leave it like that. Anything else is screenshotable. I don't want no problems. I don't want no problems. I'm trying to Hello. figure out the correlation. What, what? So what I'm saying is, when I think about that meme, that's kind of why I was asking you the series of the questions I was asking you because I think I could be wrong in my heart of hearts. We have men and women, you know, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, you have people that you probably didn't do anything with. But just because, and whatever that just because means to you, you're going to do anything for them if shit get crazy. Yeah, if anything happened, you're going to do that. Why are you telling her she got to chill? Because I almost slipped up and said something I probably had no business saying. Yeah, so but what, was like, what provoked you to say something that you ain't had no business saying? I'm confused. No, I didn't say it. Well, yeah, I was but feeling what it. made you feel like you had to say something off that meme? That's the because I feel because I feel like there was some validity to that statement, but I didn't specify how I was really interpreting. I was just telling her in like a but facetious way. What the fuck way. was you trying to say? And what was you going to say? I, no, I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm gonna leave. Oh, leave! I'm leave it alone. I'm leave it alone on the show. I don't know, we bro. Gonna leave you it sound alone. <laughs> it sound a little crazy. <laughs> We're gonna leave it alone. I, <laughs> okay. I don't feel like there's nothing in that post to solicit some wild response. <laughs> so right. that just I, means I, I, your mind was there already. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. I just don't understand. This nigga knows. <laughs> <the same. laughs> this nigga right here, y'all. This nigga. Nigga was trying to finesse the meme into something else. <laughs> nah, not 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 even. That's why I just said what I said. Kept pushing. <laughs> I just well, want. I just left it alone. Well. <laughs> I guess where they could have kept it pushing is with Pop Smoke's new album because the reviews that I'm seeing, and I've listened to it, um, and I'll give my take in a little bit, but the reviews that I'm seeing is not good. I don't know how you feel about this new project, Broski. I don't know if you listened. I I didn't listen to it entirely. I listened to like two, three songs. One song I heard on the internet, and I think the other two I heard on the radio. I think the the radio, I forgot what station was playing. They they were playing some of the songs. I'm going to just say this. A lot of what I'm about to say is just based on the snippet of the live that I got from Obasi Jackson. For those who do not know, you sh- at this stage in the game, you should know who Ob- Obox Obasi Jackson is Pop Smoke's brother. Not little brother, older brother. All right? Um, so I'm going to just leave that right there. Um, according to Obasi, a lot of... Pop Smoke's project was forced. Um, Obasi publicly did put on his page these words, and I quote, my mother tried her very best. Now, there's a lot of ways to interpret that because I don't know how much of a say she had in the project actually coming. I'm pretty sure she's getting proceeds, obviously. I'm, I'm pretty sure... The family's getting because even after his death, the family has definitely gotten taken care of. That I see that I know that the estate would get. um, Uh I said typically the estate does get some type of um, monetary things if the label is using the image of the artist. So 
Yeah. Sure so, something. so the money is one thing, right? But I think the biggest thing that, you know, and again, I'm just speaking based off of what I see. I I haven't personally had a conversation with, with Obasi in like two years. Um, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. I don't want to use this platform in this moment right now to talk about that situation, which was a good situation. And it definitely was nothing negative. Shout out to Obasi Jackson. Um, shout out to Brianna for allowing me to meet him when I did two years ago in person before all of this craziness happened with his brother R.P. Pop. Um, Obasi, in a lot of ways, we all feel this way. The, the industry really preys on artists. The industry takes advantage of artists when they die the most. We, we've seen that with tons of hip-hop artists before, men and women. And at the same time, the industry, they really bleed out your fucking sound. They bleed out your originality and they put your voice, they put your, um, your, your energy, they put like almost your music soul in so many other places. It gets distorted. And after a while, you start to look, you start to listen and be like, Yo, I don't think this person would have wanted this if they was alive. I was shocked that the fucking album, I was shocked another album was coming out, number one. I was shocked that, you know, parts of his voice sounded like it was reused, recycled. Um, I don't know how much of them verses or, you know, the stuff that Pop actually did on that was brand new old from mixtapes. I, I don't. I would really have to go back and listen. But the moral of the story is there's another interview that's circulating with Pop that he did, that Pop Smoke actually did. And it's just a lot. Like, you can tell from the interview, like, there's a lot of things he wouldn't have done if he was alive. So the label, you know, people got to, uh, you know, even the artists who jumped on that jumped on that project, I think a lot of them did a disservice to the entire Jackson family, if I'm being honest. A lot of that was about money, clout chasing, ego. Um, it's not fair. It's not right. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate, Obasi, that every fucking day you got to wake up and you see your brother being made a mockery of. You know, you see other people trying to come up and take his sound, you know what I mean? And take his original. I can only imagine what you're going through, my brother. So, you know what I mean? My 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 prayers, my my thoughts and condolences always to the family. But as well as, you know, Bossy, you know, just try to stay strong. I know you're also an artist in your own right. Um, you've said countless times that you're not affiliated with no gang. You've said countless times that you're not trying to be your brother. Um, and you've also said countless times you're not trying to use your brother's death to get your music out there more. So I respect you, young man. And, you know, I really do hope that at some point this will never be over for you. It's unfortunate, but you're always going to have to relive it. At the same time, hopefully in these moments, you can still find your voice. You can still find your way. You can still get your music out there the way that you want it to be presented um, without having to be tainted by you know, your brother and, you know, what he gave us and his contribution to hip-hop? Um, well, I just feel more so that, I mean, the project does feel, unfortunately, like a money grab. I just don't know on behalf of who. So I don't want to jump to the conclusion and say it's the label and that the label is bleeding out the artists and things like that. I think that's probably... There's right. a high possibility of it, but I don't know if the money grab is, hey, uh, Pop Smoke's family, we are going to try and get you. It's unfortunate and untimely that your 
your son, your sibling, your brother, um, your family member has passed. However, we are going to try and get you as much money so that you guys are well taken care of um, and so that you guys can thrive as much as possible. Um, so we're going to try and, and create as many projects as possible. We're going to try and keep his music going as long as possible because as long as his music is going, that means that there's money coming to you guys as a family. I don't know if, if that's where the money grab is coming from. And in that case, I'm not 100% upset with it because that's kind of like we're trying to make sure the family is good. At the end of the day, we're trying to make sure that this art that was already out here uh, to some extent is feeding his family even though he passed in an untimely manner. Now, on the other side, it could very well be the opposite, where it is the label, and they're just trying to recoup all of the money that they put into Pop Smoke and, of course, make money off of him. And this project does feel like the latter of the two, um, but only because I think the label overshot. I don't think this project needed to be 20 uh, tracks. There are some good songs on here. I'm not going to make it seem like the whole thing is trash, but you can clearly hear. You can clearly hear that some of these songs are not finished. You can clearly hear that they use reference tracks of verses that I don't necessarily think were done, but maybe were like what his idea was going to be, and then he was going to change the verses later on. There are definitely verses where they, they're repeating the same four bars twice or it's just like, and that part of it makes it a mess. But what particularly stood out to me um, that really made me feel like it was kind of nasty work was this right here. I don't know what the fuck that But Yo, I Oh, y'all didn't mix this nigga What the fuck You I got this nigga sounding wild That Pop Smoke was not going into the fucking EDM market that Yo. <laughs> that I know. So that that song, I don't know whose idea it was, but that feels like a money grab. That feels like the label said, "Yo, let's let's make a song that can be played on Z100. Let's make a song that can be played at EDM parties, and that way we open that market up too and get money from that." But I can almost a hundred percent guarantee that Pop Smoke was not trying to jump into the fucking EDM market on his second project. So I don't know. Wow. Um, there, Like I said, there are a couple songs that I actually do like. I, I like the song with him and Chris Brown. Uh, I, yep, I, like, uh, I heard that record. That record's fire. That, that goes. I like the beginning. I like uh, the first, I'd say the first four. First five okay, the I'm first, looking at. The, 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 the first record had his mother. Thank you, yeah. Mom, for your contribution to your son's work. We appreciate that. So I, I would say the first six, actually, that I'm looking at it right now, 
I like. And then it kind of gets a little weird once Top Shotta comes on, uh, which Pusha T and, and Travis Scott, which is still, it's not a bad song, but it Pusha, just gets Pusha a little. Pusha T verse, you know, not to bring this into it, that, that wasn't Shots at Drake? I think so. <laughs> Yo, um, bro. Okay, me and you, <laughs> we we on the same wave time with that. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I would say at least seven off the, off the, beginning and then it gets a little weird um what's cracking with takeoff is is okay um genius i don't like the hook um but Tay, uh, tj and sway lee they kind of have dope contributions on it mr mm-hmm. jones is all right um gets a little wacky uh, with the woo baby intro interlude but then woo baby with chris brown is dope that fucking song demeanors trash um, and yeah, so I think that it probably would feel less of a money grab and less, you probably get less backlash if they would have just cut this to 14. I don't, I don't know why they hit 20. They would have just cut this to 14. It'd have been short. It'd have been sweet. It wouldn't have seemed as like recycled in terms of verses and clearly like they had to fill space with features and stuff like that. And I think it would have, people would have had less of an issue with it. But, um. Yeah. Unfortunately, they went the route that they went, and a lot of his fans are not feeling it. Um, And I do feel like there are some songs that will get a lot of radio play, but overall, I don't think they did him a service with this project. R.I.P. to uh, Pop Smoke, also known as uh, Bashar Jackson. Um, Oh, boy. Now, you mentioned Drake, and Drake was in the news last week, and we were going to talk about this, but uh, we didn't get a chance to. So Drake took a young lady, um, a young basketball player's mother, to... Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Basketball player's mom, bro? Yeah. He's a young player. He's a a high schooler, high school basketball player, playing on the same team as, I think, LeBron, LeBron's son. Um, oh, wow. And so he took her to Dodger Stadium. Uh, right. And there's been a lot of hoopla. You're going to use old nigga words. <laughs> hoopla about this. Starting shenanigans. With, yeah, a lot of shenanigans. Um, starting <laughs> with the fact that he rented out Dodger Stadium and had the dinner. So a lot of people were like, oh, that's a flex. Um. Now, my first question before we get into the other aspects of this is, what would be the regular nigga version of this? Like, where would you be able to take a girl with regular nigga money and it kind of give the same effect as renting out Dodger Stadium? Damn, I'm about to give niggas my spots. But there's three spots. Yo, these yo, I'm have to tag these venues after this. After the episode drop, bro, gotta tag the venues. This is fellas, fellas. This is free game. This is regular nigga money on a Drake level, envisioning a Dodger Stadium effect. The first spot, the Spinning Restaurant, which is in um, Manhattan. They have two sections. One section is um. 
I would say it, it's it's more bougie, so it's it's like a downstairs level. By the way, when you get inside of this um restaurant, you got to take an elevator all the way to like the top floor because the restaurant is like on the top of the building. When you get to the 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 the, the last floor, which is the um the the, the spinning um part of it, when you're seated at the table, fellas, you be ready to spend between a hundred to like two fifty max. The restaurant is spinning. And it shows you every single iconic thing in New York City. We're talking about Empire State Building. We're talking about Statue of Liberty. We're talking about, uh, uh, I, I, I want to say a snippet of Ellis Island. We're talking about World Trade Center. We're talking about Yankee Stadium. It takes you all around. Number two, twenty room 24K, which is in Brooklyn. This is a spot that you can either do one, or two things. One, you can make it intimate and invite like 15 people. I think I hold like 15 people max. Everybody's at the table. You get a private guest. I mean, you, you get a private chef. You pick the bottles you want. If you want hookah, that's an extra charge. Or you could rent it out with just you and your partner, private chef, any type of drink you want, and you have your moment. Room 24K, they're blowing up. They have two locations now in New York City. They're blowing the fuck up. Third spot, Rue 57, which is on 57th, and I want to say 7th Avenue. I could be wrong, but it's called Rue 57. Now, if you're really trying to set the motherfucking mood, you're trying to set the tone, nigga, this is where you want to be at, okay? The food is to die for. The place has nice dim lights. They have a downstairs and an upstairs um, it's not too bright in there because they really try to set this nice ambiance, this nice, sexy, uh, sleek ambiance. And I would say if you're going to wear anything, fellas, make sure it's black. It's going to complement the venue uh, uh, tremendously. So those are my three, you know, because I'll be out here in these streets. Okay. Yeah, I'm here trying to do <laughs> shit on a regular nigga budget and getting that, that same effect of uh, renting some shit out is... Not a, not easy, but ladies, uh, no. I, I just don't want y'all uh, to use that as the bar because niggas is not renting out stadiums. Although, bro, you know, you know, ladies is going to say they could do it. If they could do it, why can't niggas do it? You know that, bro. Although, I would say another version of that is maybe going to your local high school or something like that and asking them if you could uh, rent out or if you or have access to their their ballpark or have access to their football field, um, that's a flex. And and do that's something a flex. there. I just I just don't see what the, you know, what I mean, like there's no real reason to do that in New York City unless it's sentimental. Which is also how I feel about Drake's uh, date. I was confused about it because yes, in in one instance it's a flex to rent out Dodger Stadium, which. Uh, is estimated to be ten thousand dollars to just rent it out, um, but on the other side of it, <laughs> that's nothing. It's for that like nigga. unless that was sentimental to the date, that's just not a flex to me. That just seems like a nigga who got money and is trying to show off his money to in in lieu of being romantic. So instead of like being a romantic individual and doing something that's actually going to be memorable to the young lady. It's just like, hey, I'm showing off what my pockets can do. But 
I am going to presume, because this is Drake, I am this going to presume <laughs> that Dodger Stadium must have some sentimental meaning behind it, whether it has sentimental meaning to the young lady or it has sentimental meaning to their relationship. I am going to presume that is why he decided to take her to Dodger Stadium as a flex. Um, now the S- I have a go ahead. I have a question before you say your next piece. What is the most sentimental date you've taken a shorty on? The most sentimental. A uh, sentimental date. I can't think of that off the top of my head, bro. Honestly, um, uh, that probably was when I had a girlfriend. Like when I was actually, okay. uh, like with somebody, um, and right. not just in the dating realm. Because right now I'm only using like thirty percent of my power. It's just dating. So, it's okay. like I learned that over the years. That's one thing that I had to learn about myself is when you're dating someone. Yes, of course you're gonna you want to uh, impress them as much as possible, but you also want to save some sauce. For when you get in an actual relationship, so D Flow has taught me that. Thank you, D Flow. Yeah, cause uh, yeah, I just don't. You know, what I mean, like you end up dating these people, and it's not. There's no long term commitment involved, and then you put all your effort in there like that. Not to say that I'm not putting my 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 best foot forward or putting, but you pull out all the stops. I would say rather than, you know, you going crazy with the bread and you going crazy with X, Y, and Z, and then the simplest thing could break y'all. Break up whatever it is that's going on. Not even break y'all up, but it could just end. So, um, trying to think about. I mean, it might have been. I might have flew somebody out somewhere. You know what I mean? But that's not even sentimental. That's just again, that's like a Drake <laughs> move in terms of just showing off bread. But um, I've drawn pictures. I think for people. Um, okay. Playlists. I made playlists. Um, in like romantic settings and stuff like that, but yeah, I haven't done something really sent because I feel like sentiment go- goes with like a deep connection, and I've had deep connections with people that I've dated, but it's just never been long term enough, in my opinion, where I'm pulling out all the stops in terms of the sentimental market. That that yeah, that the last time I really did something like that was in a relationship. What about you, bro? Me, uh, we both know the young lady I, I used to date. One of the young ladies, I should say, I used to date. And what I did, I did a series of three dates on three different weekends consecutively. So the first date, I took them. Oh, actually, I do remember. I'll tell you in a second. Right. Right. I took them to the spot that we all met her the first night we ever met her. I took her there. That was like, whoa, okay, he did this. Then I was like, you know, told her how I felt about that moment and, you know, what was going on. Then I was like, all right, cool, we got we to gotta go to the city. Went to the city, did something I never did before in this fucking city. Went on the car- uh, went on a horse carriage. That shit is bread, by the way. <laughs> That's not cheap, y'all. That shit is money. I think I paid $200 uh, to ride around for 30 minutes. No exaggeration. Um, and it was a brick. Had her on that. It was looking very magical. After that, took her to her favorite spot that she wanted to eat at, Red Lobster. Spent like another $200 at Red Lobster. 
bought a bottle, all of that shit. The following following weekend. Um Oh, actually, I'm saying it backwards, but following weekend, I went to build a beer and built her a beer. That shit was about 70 fucking dollars. <laughs> Goddamn. You know, the beer had a mic. The beer could sing because she was a singer. You know, I try to make it as sentimental as possible. And then the, the final date, um, she used to go by... Um, a hashtag. I'm not going to say the hashtag, but I had all of the sentiments from the hashtag on a custom-made shirt. And on one side of the sleeve, I had her birthday. And then the other side of the sleeve, I had when we first started going out. That is the most sentimental thing I've done in terms of dating. I don't think I've ever done anything to top that, which is actually, that, that that's that's not good. But I'm where I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. So, I am great at compartmentalizing things, which is why I d- did not remember this off rip. But, um, one of the last individuals that I like seriously dated, uh, maybe not even one of the last. I would say maybe two years ago, three years ago, I was dating this young lady, and our birthdays are. Are four months apart, but we share the same day. So I'm the 12th and she's the 12th. And so for her birthday, um, she had invited me to go with her to a wedding. And I was like, all right, cool. It was a destination wedding. So we actually flew out, went to the wedding. And for her birthday, I because we share the number 12, I got her 12 different gifts or 12 different oh, wow. gift ideas. And so every, not even every couple of hours, but like all throughout the trip, we were there, I think, for like four days. All throughout the trip, there were different things that I gave her. One thing was she never had anybody do like a rose petal thing for her. So I did the rose petals. Um, and we were like, at the time, we weren't dating. So we were... More so, like, just really, really close friends. Um, okay. And so I did the rose petal thing for her. Uh, I got her a, a Balenciaga bag. Um, <laughs> Yo. I I got Just her a, a massage. Um, wow. Wow. I made a video with all of her friends. Uh, really? Telling her happy birthday. So, like, I had, I drew her. I drew, and there were like a couple of other different things that I did, um, but again, uh, like we had dated previously, but we were just on some like cool friend terms at that point in time, um, but yeah, I think that was probably the most sentimental thing I did for somebody um, in the more recent years, but um, yeah, so that's why, like that's why I try not to like OD, because I, I be ODing when... I go into that bag. Yeah, you but. had me at, at the Balenciaga bag, nigga. And it's crazy because I was low-key. I was dead thinking about buying somebody a Balenciaga bag today. <laughs> I was I was dead thinking about it. Like, now you saying that I can't, I can't go down the XAB route. 
I can't, I can't do it. No, I, I, I mean, I can do. I don't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. Well, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I want to do it. I think that you just gotta be. You know what I mean? You gotta like, be easy, it, bro. You gotta be. You gotta just make sure that when you're doing these things for each other, that is is just it's worth it. You know what I mean? Would she would she get you a Michael Kors bag? This is yes or no question. Would she get you a Michael Kors bro, duffel bag? Me yes or no? Silly ass questions. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I mean, she that individual did for my birthday, and I think everything is relative. I'm not counting people's pockets. Not everybody is. Is financially at a point where they can do the exact same thing. It's not about being financially at a point, bro. It's about I know when your birthday is. I know that I got five or six months to get my money together. I know this motherfucker like expensive, bro. Do you nah, know? I don't work like that, bro. I mean, whoa, 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 wait, wait. I'm not done. I'm not finished. I'm just letting you. You may not be, but I'm I'm letting I'm helping you out. You going down the road, and you're again assuming people's pockets. I can't. Nobody should be assuming people's pockets, whether they know your birthday's coming up or not. You don't know what's happening in people's lives, so I can't. I hear what you're saying, but I dispute it. Okay, wanna know why? (laughs) Years ago, I think this is actually the most expensive thing I bought you. Um, I think to date. Obviously, we've bought each other stuff for each other's birthdays, Christmas, because that's what the fuck we do. But when we did the tabs video, I bought you a OVO tank top, bro. That OVO tank top was bread, <laughs> nigga. I never bought myself an OVO tank top. I'm looking at the price, like I know my nigga gonna like this. I don't know if I will buy because it's a lot of money. I'm gonna buy it for my guy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just get it for him. I, and I think I, I respect, I respect that. But even again, because you're my guy, I, I wouldn't count <laughs> your pockets and be able to say, you know, what I mean, oh well, this is what you should have got me, or or anything like that. So I don't, I don't count people's pockets. I know people not always in the same financial boat or in the same place where I it might be a little bit easier for me to be like, oh, you know what? Let me drop five hundred dollars on a ticket. Uh, and let's go to a concert, or let's do this, or let's let's do that. But um, this particular person, she did buy me two tickets to go see the Joe Budden um, podcast live. And okay. I don't, I don't. Again, I don't really. I'm not. I didn't go look into how much those tickets were, but she got great seats. Um, and so I think that. If we were to compare, like, again, for her birthday, I did, like, 12 different things. I'm not going to expect her to try and do the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? She did what I think was in her was it in her grasp to do. And that, to me, was even, like, I could tell that she was pushing herself in that capacity because I don't know if she was 100% used to dealing with someone like me and having to do things in that capacity for a person like that. Like she like tried she put a, a brunch together um and she <coughs> she uh gave me the she gave me that gift in terms of the Joe Budden stuff. So I think for, right. for me I'm like damn, that was sentimental because it's like you know I like this podcast and you try you tried your best. And to me that's like 
I I respect that. I don't care if it's can you get me a, a Gucci bag? A Gucci book bag that I've been feeding to get for forever? Maybe not. But I'm not gonna look at you and be like, damn, you couldn't get me that. So you know, I I wasted I wasted some some of my efforts by getting you something da da da. But I think that does go to the point of the memes that be going around where people are talking about dating people that I guess match you uh, financially to some extent because it does feel nice if you're able to meet each other at the same place in terms of the, the gifts that you can give each other. I mean, that is... Listen, a, bro, cool you thing. know my life, man. I've definitely bought women that I've been with gifts and they told me I don't want it, return it. And that shit was heartbreaking. <laughs> so I hear what you're saying, but I'm at a point too where it's like, if I know you, re- me, me personally, maybe this is something that it's probably not going to go away because success is, is 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 on our side. People people don't need to know what I mean by that, but success is on our side. Um, I might be impulsive now, knowing that. All right, well, if that's what she really wants, I keep hearing her talk about it. She's not saying she wants it directly. I'm gonna just get it. And I'm not going to just get it because it's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive because she's an expensive person. But I'm going to just get it because I know this is exactly what I know she wants. I'm not going to be getting something I think is sentimental. I think she'd like. No, I'm going to get her exactly what I know she likes. Because I feel like most of the times back in the day, I would really be like, oh, I want to be sentimental. And, you know, I want to give somebody a den. I'm just realizing maybe maybe sometime that's not the route to go. You either let people di- indirectly tell you what the fuck they want and you put two and two together without them saying it or my nigga give them a gift card. I mean or I, give I, or give them money. I think I think the best way to go about it honestly and this is probably giving away some sauce. But I think sometimes it's a mixture of both. Sometimes you make sure you get a gift that they want. That you know for a fact it's going to be a hit. And then you surround that with things that maybe you feel would be something they appreciate. So that I think, like, some people don't have a sentimental mind. They don't think from that lens. And you can introduce them to that. But at the same time, to make sure that they are happy on their birthday or their special day or Valentine's Day, whatever have you, you just want to make sure that you do get them something that you know for a fact they're going to appreciate. Or um, or we, we, we got to add more sauce to the sauce that you have. I just remembered that I actually did this. I was dating somebody recently, and on Valentine's Day, I took her on a shopping spree. I never took a girl on a shopping spree a day in my life. I said, anything in the store you want, buy it. <laughs> that was the craziest thing I ever did in my life in terms of trying to really let a woman know that, yo, like, at this stage in my life, whatever you want, you got it. I never flex like that, but it wasn't a flex like, damn, I'm going to be hurt by whatever she, nah, was, I told her whatever she wanted. She literally picked up whatever she wanted, and I bought it. No problems, no questions. I, and on top of that, I, I, I gave her money on Valentine's Day, and I was already, I already spent Valentine's Day, this, this year alone, I probably spent over $1,200. No bullshit. <laughs> no bullshit. Yeah, I mean. I went in. That's 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 what you do when you really fuck <laughs> with somebody. Um, 
Yeah. I don't see nothing, nothing wrong with that. I think, like I said before, though, it just has to be someone that is going to appreciate that. and Facts. Facts. Someone that is worth doing that for. and Definitely was worth it. I, I definitely would do it again. But this does bring us to the conversation about gifts um, because Ari had a birthday that recently passed and she was complaining because she said none of her friends bought her a birthday gift. And right. a lot of people were... I guess I guess the conversation got sparked about that. So, I mean, do you think someone should feel a way if they don't receive a birthday gift? Me, personally, I think that's a little childish. I'm not expecting birthday... Like, if you give me a birthday gift, that's great on my birthday. But I'm not expecting my friends to get me birthday gifts. Like, they can. Um, and if they know it me, depends. they know part of my love language is gift giving. But I don't really necessarily see it as... Like an issue if they don't. It depends because I could just take me and you, for example. I mean, we haven't done it as much as we used to when we were younger. Um, the most recent thing is when we all went to Miami, which was fired. I was definitely, definitely got to try to do more of that. Um, even if it's not like relationship based, even if it's just the boys, that's something offline. But um, when we was younger, shit, you know, I've had surprise birthday parties. You know, you've had parties of we've been at each other's houses and shit. And, you know, even if niggas wasn't getting... I feel like back then, I, I, I feel like back then I know I was getting you more gifts. I feel I feel like I was, definitely. Um, uh, I don't think you ever came off like you wanted people to buy you gifts because mainly your birthdays is you just want your friends around you. We had a party. We had a dinner. You would tell niggas in advance... This is what you got to pay. And if niggas didn't have it, then that's on you. Okay? That's on you. Um, but, yeah, and, it, and even fucking... So I think one year you had a birthday dinner at fucking uh, Pranny in the city. Pranny, that shit was beautiful, bro. I was like, this nigga, this nigga X out here, you know what I mean? Getting it in. Like, niggas got to come with a bread and, and a birthday card and, and stop yeah, No one paid um, for but, that, though. I paid for that dinner. No one paid for Prana. Oh, you see, I don't even remember that. But um yeah, I, I didn't I didn't remember that. But you know, um I think depending on how much the point I'm trying to make is if you're around your friend constantly, should you always really get them a gift? Like I'm I was always around those times we were we were fucking inseparable. Like we was always with each other. We would even go to the other spot that fucking closed down that used to be around the corner from your house. So like, you know what I mean? dolo shit so if you're not around your friend like that i think it's more appropriate to get them a gift yeah like i just that, think that, that that's, I, that's I think for me though it's just that at this big grown age should you feel away if if someone doesn't get you a gift or not nah just say happy birthday to me and keep it pushing like if if my friends come to a birthday event and they don't give me a gift i'm not gonna go on social media after and be like Oh my God, all my friends came and nobody bought me anything. Okay. They came. Like that's that's the important piece. I think we're just so materialistic these days that we put value into the wrong things. We're putting value into the fact right. of if someone bought you something as opposed to the fact that they during a pandemic, pandemic ain't over, y'all, um, still decided nope. to come out and celebrate you as an individual. Now 
to me, I just think that that's a little bit, me personally, uh, I think that's a bit much. But I'm sure there's people that might feel like, yo, nah, gifts mean this, that, and a third. And like I said, gift giving is is one of the love languages that I subscribe to. But I'm not go- I'm not gonna feel some type of way if someone doesn't give me a gift. I just think that that's that's kind of kind of nuts at this age, you know. Like when we're younger, I think that's a little bit of an expectation. When you're like nine to thirteen, you're expecting if you have a birthday party that people are gonna come with gifts. I think when you're a grown ass adult, like you just you don't know why you didn't get a gift. But if that person showed up, <laughs> then I mean that's really what matters. But um, that was that was definitely an interesting conversation. Um, and then of course we're still talking about if you would, but this time Cash Doll brought it up. Is it cool to take a gift back after you're done with somebody romantically? Nah, Dub, you gave it to me. It's mine. Yeah, yeah. You not you not you yo. I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know now. Anybody that I ever dated, if you ever gave me something, unless I actually wanted to throw it away, I still got it. I'm looking at gifts right now that people have given me I no longer talk to. It's mine. It's my shit. Yeah, it, it's over for that. Like, and you're, <laughs> it's mine. you're you're corny as shit if you, you want to. If you want it back too, right, that you're going to. Shit, knowing me, I'm going to be like, come get it. It's just Nah that's just corny to me You know Um, where the fuck I'm live Now again This is like tax bracket shit Because If I get you a condo Or some shit like that And I'm paying for it Which I don't suggest anybody do Nobody You might have to pay for that that. You might have to pay for your rent um, On your own (laughs) moving forward (laughs) Like I'm not gonna be paying that shit And we not together That ain't Oh yeah facts Facts Or if I buy you a car those car payments are now yours if there are payments right. left. So, right. I would dead call up the fucking dealership. Um, yeah, so-and-so will now be handling this. Yes, yes. She's well aware. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everything goes to her house anyway. Yep. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not going to come try and take a Birkin back if I bought you a, a $20,000 Birkin back. I'm not going to try All right. Well, well, well. Grab that well, well, I don't. I, I don't know now, bro. Wait. I don't. I'm not saying know. that I'm buying anybody a birthday. <laughs> okay. But like, wait, huh? if I did and I, I was, uh, yeah, that's yours. Um, but I think that that just goes back to where we are as a society. People just doing shit to flex instead of doing shit that really makes sense. I'm right. only buying you a Birkin if I really think we're going to last. I'm not buying yeah. you that if I, if I, I don't know if this is going to last more than two, three years. Then if I'm gonna I be mad that that it that we broke up and you got this Birkin. Nah, that's what I, I mean. If I if I can't see you having my kids, you ain't getting a Birkin. Sorry. I mean, you may not get a Birkin. Period. But <laughs> if <laughs> niggas start making Birkin money, yeah, I'm not just buying a Birkin just to flex and say, you know, what I mean, here you go with this. Yeah. Birks. But uh, yeah, once once men start making ten thousand dollars after tax a month. If you get a Birkin, you really important to men's. <laughs> you really important to men's. Once men's get Shonda Rhimes money, shout out to Shonda Rhimes who just shout out to inked Shonda a, a $300 million deal with Netflix. <laughs> Once we get that type of bread, 
<laughs> then, uh, yeah, you might get a little Birkin. You know what I mean? Ain't nothing but a little bit of straightening. But, right, right. But, yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, I don't know how you feel about, about this deal, but for me, congratulations to Shonda. I think she's moving I a th- couple of shows there to Netflix yeah. as well. So Trailblazer, Shonda Rhimes, I mean, you know, General Hospital. I know she has another show. Grey's uh, Bridgerton, Good grazing that like scandal. Yo, who is this lady? Killing it. Who like who really is this lady? And I feel like just in the last five recent years, she's now getting her just due. Meanwhile, she's been working. That's just how I feel. You know, I feel like her, Ava DuVernay, you know, you know, these, you know, Viola Davis, you know. Uh, Octavia Spencer, Regina King, like yo, bro, the list goes on. Black women, Issa fucking Ray, yo, fuck Yvonne. Or- Listen, man, it's got even Cardi B. Bitches getting wild out here. Get ready, man. Women take over twenty twenty one and beyond, man. Real hot girl shit. Shout out to Meg Thee Stallion. Some other hot oh, girl God. shit that happened. Uh, Danny Lee, Danny Lay, my fault. Danny Lay revealed her her baby bump. Now, this- so I got a question. Who's who's child? I mean, it's been speculated for a long period of time that this is the product of her and the baby. <sighs> if you remember, they publicly were dating for about three months. I don't even know. It wasn't that long of a time during the pandemic. And right after that, uh, Danny Lay started to take all these pictures only from the uh, torso up. And this weekend, she finally revealed that she is actually pregnant. Looks like the baby is coming soon, too. It looks like she's very pregnant. So, um, for one, uh, I'm always happy for new life. Um, my my problem with this scenario is that a part of me wants to say. I hope it's not the baby's baby only because I feel like there's going to be unnecessary drama as the year unfold, un, um, unfolds and this child grows up. Um, however, if the if the child is not the baby's, there's, there's going to be a crazy, there's going to be a lot of backlash. I'm just hoping on both people's parts, everybody's just happy. Just be happy. It for is the, clearly for the kid. a sticky situation because there's a reason why I think she hid the pregnancy. Beyond the fact that she was pregnant and didn't want, I guess, people in her business. But I obviously, she's also hiding who the father was. And only... Um, yeah, at some point, it's going to come up. The only other person I remember that, uh, remember doing something like that was Kalani. And, um, you know, Kalani had her reasoning. But this is just a little, there's too many moving parts that were very closely knit together. And I think that that might be uh, very interesting. And like you said, I don't know. I don't, for the baby's sake, I hope it's not a drama filled situation. Um, right. I hope he don't have a, a Erica, Mina, and Safari situation. They shit is too wild for TV, bro. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. Too much going on there. But um, a lot, a lot going. There seems to be a. I mean, I don't know if I want to call it podcast beef, but there still seems to be some air around Joe Budden, 
and the boys and the girls that all kind of knew different parties in the original Joe Budden podcast, which featured Rory and Maul. So Wheezy was actually on a podcast recently, and she was asked if she believed Joe Budden was a mogul. And Wheezy said no. She does not think Joe Budden is a mogul. She thinks Charlemagne is a mogul. And the difference between the two of them is Charlemagne has an actual network with a bunch of solidified shows. And Joe Budden has a couple of shows on his network, but it seems to be more like in a building stage. And Charlemagne is kind of more of a solidified entity. Do you believe Joe Budden to be a mogul, bro? Podcasting and, I mean, Joe Budden has one record that he will forever eat off of, and that's Pump It Up. Pump It Up, literally, like, there's a lot of different type of cultures of music that we do not listen to. You will hear that. You will hear that song. That, it's a hip-hop record. That's a crossover record, too. That shit gets played everywhere. Um, So he'll always eat off of that. So I think even if you didn't know who Joe Budden was, if you know Pump It Up, you don't even got to know the fucking name of the song. When you hear Pump, once you hear that, that's it. In terms of podcasting, mogul. Mogul. He helped push the envelope further after um, fucking tax um, got locked up. We got we to stop it. You know, he pushed the envelope further after... Um, Combat Jack, R.I.P. to the legend, um, uh, passed away from cancer. You know, Joe Joe Budden, honestly speaking, if it wasn't for XAB, I wouldn't even have known Joe Budden to even fucking have a podcast, let alone take listening to the podcast seriously. And then learning from the podcast, like, oh, you could actually, oh, this, this could actually not just be a hobby or a venting space. This could actually be a thing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, podcasting, mogul, facts. Um, so you look at the definition of mogul right now, and it says an important or powerful person, especially in the motion picture or media industry. So there's no way you can deny Joe Budden as being a mogul. Um, I don't necessarily know if she was saying that in a shady way um, or, you know, because she has more of an allegiance with Charlemagne than... Mandy, who has more of an allegiance with Joe Budden. Right, um, which, which, which brings me to my next point. I think these two young ladies right now, they're about to get into some muddy water. I mean, man, uh, the way that I look at shit, Mandy is having uh, an amazing time with her other podcast, which is on the Joe Budden Network. And Wheezy, to me, looks like she's about to stop podcasting and go straight to TV. Her TV, that, that TV show, um, Sex Sells, is picking up a lot of fucking steam. It's picking up. I saw, I saw two episodes already. It's picking up a lot of fucking steam. I'm like, uh, I see somebody about to jump ship completely into a whole nother space. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think it depends on the money, and I think it depends on the relationship between the two of them. Um which I'm not going to speculate on. Um, but okay. I would say as long as the relationship stays solid, there's no reason for them to jump ship. 
Um, because podcasting really and truly, a lot of times is just people getting a peek into other people's friendships. And in the essence of that, also picking a niche and showing that friendship off in that niche. And for them, their niche is, is kink life and sex and interesting stories about sex. But most of the people are there because of their relationship and how they play off of each other, the chemistry that they give. And so as long as I think that is strong, and I don't really see that being, being a case. But I would say that I am sure them being on quote-unquote opposing teams makes for some interesting conversations um, in terms of what they're going to do for the future. Um, so that, to me, is a very interesting point. I don't know where that takes them. Um, I do hope that they continue to strive, but it did kind of feel like a shot when she said that Joe Budden is not a mogul. And I don't know what that shot particularly was about i don't know if that's you know that could just be her actual honest opinion which i think it is um but she also didn't have to necessarily say that so the fact that she chose to say it to me means that there's more of a message behind it in terms of why you would say something like that um when to me is very clear and evident that joe budden is a mogul especially when you're talking about Podcast and now you're talking about the media industry. You still can, you still have to mention Joe as a still mogul. have to mention him because you know we're not. First of all, we're not just talking about Joe Budden as he is today. We're talking about Joe Budden overall. Joe Budden had a store in Jersey. Most people probably don't even know about that. I, I went to, I, I went to that store like once or twice. The, the store, I forgot the name of it. The store is very expensive, actually. I don't even know if he still has that store, but that store was very expensive. And, this, and, and I'm talking years ago. Like, I'm talking 2010, 2011. Um, we're talking about Joe Budden when he was making hit after hit after hit when he first came out. You know, my man got, my, my man got, my man got a couple of hits dolo, and then he got a couple feature hits. We're talking. We're also talking about Joe Budden, who was on Slaughterhouse with Eminem. We're we're not talking about just a, a rapper that just rap. Like this man has crazy fucking bars, crazy bars. Like this man is gifted. And now, modern day, we're talking about Joe Budden, who blew up Complex. Everyday struggle. He's the reason why I started watching that show. Not academics. He's the reason why. And when he created the Joe Budden podcast, to see what that shit turned into, I mean, he's one of the few podcasters that got whatever deal he got from fucking Spotify. You got to give this man his fucking credit. You know, we, we got to stop downplaying people's success and where they are in you know society in terms of status because we don't necessarily fuck with them or we don't think they should be where they are based on whatever it is that other people are saying yo we got to call a square square in a circle a circle a lot of y'all niggas don't like jay-z a lot of y'all niggas don't like kanye west a lot of y'all niggas don't like 50 cent however in their respective 
categories in terms of music, what they did for the culture, what they did for hip hop. Gotta give these motherfuckers their roses. Okay. I mean, Joe, <laughs> Joe also did a rant uh, on on uh, IG. He called it a rant, so I'm gonna call it a rant. And he said, niggas be mad that you not mad at them being mad. That's the maddening part, LOL. And he goes, I'm not mad at nobody out here. Everybody gotta do what's best for them to get by personally, professionally, romantically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And everybody won't always get it or you. Welcome to real life. Nah, now I'm on a rant. Now I'm on rant mode. Every day I listen to complaints from people and I just shut up and listen. But it's every day and all day. Nothing but complaints about the smallest shit in the world. But you can't say that because that's gaslighting. Well, you know what else I never say? Six months into the year, I've lost millions of dollars. Friends, three of my people pers- purposely, purposefully transitioned. My enemies have scouted programs. The internet, care, the internet cares about all mental health but mine. I'm rebuilding on the fly, and I'm being sued by people I try to help. That you can't sue back because for what? And I never utter a word about any of it. You know why? Because for what? And somehow, miraculously, by the grace of God and God only, I'm doing better than ever. Like Jesus, enough already. Uh, These niggas got to kill me to kill me. And then he said him. I think that's a bar from one of his songs. But I think that sums up this this whole conversation. That's a... That's an interesting quote. Niggas gotta kill me to kill me. That's some shit to say, man. It is, and I mean, he's talking about everything. I mean, without mentioning names, uh, we obviously know that he's speaking about Rory and Maul. Right. um, In some way, shape, or form in terms of, like, he lost friends. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I do feel like that relationship, for whatever reason... I mean, if you if they've known Joe long enough, which I presume they have, they know that this these tit for tat situations that he goes through, that's part of knowing Joe. So the fact that yeah. they haven't been able to get over this particular issue, I don't know. That's interesting to me. Um, I don't think he's necessarily. Uh, you know, responding to Wheezy, but some of this does sound like a response to people who have, I guess, counted him out. Um, and at the end of the day, I listen, all of this, all of this Joe brought on himself. So I'm not, it's no caping for Joe. Um, right. But I do think he has some points, especially in terms of people not really taking into account his own mental health. Um but he can't complain about that because some of the shit is on you. Um, and the being sued situation, we already talked about where we thought certain things were going. I'm not going right. to name names and go into it. If y'all interested, y'all could listen to a couple podcasts back, maybe three episodes back, when right. certain situations came to light. Um mm-hmm. But I would presume that that might be one of the things he's also talking about, too, in terms of people suing him, mm-hmm. and he can't sue him back. 
and for what? You know? It don't make no sense at the end of the day. I mean, at the end of the day, too, I mean, it's unfortunate. I mean, this is what I think. The more success you come into, the less time you should be putting energy into responding to the negative shit because... I agree. For one, you're at a level of success that most people your age probably have never reached and they probably will never reach. Number two, you're getting into a tax bracket that most people that are in your age group will never reach. Well, and if well, they, D, I think that that might be part of it. Remember, he said he lost millions. Right, and he lost millions. When everything was up and up, Joe's stance on a lot of this stuff was, I'm not going to talk about it. But right. I do think that part of maybe why we're hearing a little bit more of a vocal Joe, even though he's always been vocal, but we're seeing it a little bit. I guess in this instance, is because that bag ain't there no more. I think that when you lose money because of the lack of certain things that you started doing with your friends and you feel like your friends is turning on you, you know, you and I was having a similar, I'm not even really going to get into that because all of this shit is low-key getting me tight a little bit. Um, but more of the story is you almost kind of start to lose faith in what the fuck you're doing because you were doing it with them. So now, you know, you feeling like, yeah, you know, there's a huge disconnect or y'all just don't fuck with each other. You know, in, in the words of a great friend, you know, you, you, you just got to restructure and, <laughs> Sometimes a nigga don't want to hear that, great friend. <laughs> a nigga don't want to hear restructure. A nigga want to hear, yo, we had a good thing. What the fuck? We had a great thing. Why are we letting this stupid shit fuck up our great? And then the stupid shit fucks up your great thing. And now you don't have a podcast. Now your podcast ain't number one no more. Now you not the store everybody was so accustomed to getting their sneakers in. Because two partners pulled out. And you kind of start to see how stronger you were as a team than you were as an individual. Fuck what the name says. Fuck who name comes up first in conversation. Fuck who got more status, quote, who got more money. This is a, it's a team thing. Yo, Malcolm Gladwell said in The Tipping Point, which is a great book that you guys want to read. I know X be giving out book tips these days. My guy is on it. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book years ago called The Tipping Point. In his book, he has various chapters on different things that happens to people and how to get to success. I think one chapter is on Kobe, one chapter is on Bill Gates, one chapter actually I think is on Elon Musk as well, like different parts of the chapters. Long story short, this is actually taken from Bill Gates. Nobody becomes a billionaire by themselves. No, yo, nobody. You want to know why? You need... A team. Everybody need a team. And at the same time, when you get your team, people have to filter out egos. And I feel like that was one of the downfalls to this entire Joe Budden pot. Everybody's ego was too big at one point, and they had a fucking conniption. 
And whether it ended over money or he say, she say, or back pay, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough, you know, and I'm grateful enough. And the people out there that, you know, those who know, know. There have been a lot of mistakes that I've made in being a business owner. There's a lot of mistakes that I've made in um, being um, somebody who a lot of people reach out to for advice or help. There's a lot of mistakes that I've made as a partner, as a boyfriend, as a confidant. Um, There's a lot of mistakes that I've made as a business partner. There's a lot of mistakes I've made as a friend. But one thing that I am always about is when I get into a place where I got my footing together, when my mind is straight, if I said I got you, I got you. If I said, yo, I'm going to give this back to you, yo, I'm giving it back to you because my resilience has to be on fucking steroids and crack. It, it, it has to be because... I don't know how many times I've gotten knocked the fuck down and it's like this nigga just won't die. It's like you got to kill me to kill me. Joe Budden. You know, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think. Again, when you get to a certain level of success like a Joe Budden, you know, or somebody who's in like the media like that. Your heart changes a lot. When people that you started out with you no longer you know like you feel like you can no longer finish the race with or you feel like you're in a space where you gotta fire niggas if you gotta fire somebody that all y'all was doing for the last five six years was getting money and you gotta fire them a part of you firing them is also you firing yourself because whatever that you know uh, uh, chemical reaction was when y'all made what y'all made Yo, that shit would never be replaced. Ever. Yeah. Uh, ego ego is, is a big component to, to this whole scenario. There's a lot of different moving parts, and I do think, to me, the center of focus that it brings to the table is you have to be vigilant of the things that, can pull you and somebody else apart. And you have to try and tend to them as much as possible to make sure that those things don't tear you apart. If you know money is the thing that is going to ruin a good thing with you and somebody, then you have to make sure that y'all can avoid those issues as much as possible. If you know disrespect is the thing that somebody does not do well with and is going to separate you as a friend or as a business person you want to try not to disrespect them as much as possible and i think what ends up happening is people cross those lines and they forget themselves and that's partly what i think happened here on on both ends but mostly on joe's end i do have to say that aspect of it to be fair i do think that joe made several moves where it was unnecessary in terms of not tending to the friendship. If you're friends with these people and you're breaking bread and you're doing certain things, you put your ego on a pedestal and you broke the covenants that you know your your homies don't really fuck with. And in Maul's case, that's respect. 
you know Maul doesn't do well with feeling disrespected. So the moment you started to get disrespectful with Maul, you knew that you were ending this podcast for good. And now you look back in hindsight and you're like, damn, that probably wasn't the best move to make. And you should have seen that coming and you probably did see that coming, but you let whatever get the best of you. And I think that there's just something to be said about making sure that, again, if you know certain things are going to put a wedge, that you make sure that as much as possible, there are moments in time we can't, there's nothing we can do about whatever ends up happening. But as much as we can, then we need to do and put that effort to make sure certain things don't happen. And unfortunately, I have a question. Happen. Mm-hmm. Can money save friendships? If you owe your man 50 G's, and let's say it takes you five years to give him 50 G's, and throughout the five years, y'all was talking, but you know every year he was able to give you 10 G's. And at the end of the fifth year, he got the full 50 G's. Can money, theoretically, can that save somebody from feeling like, all right, you know, th- this person owed me bread. It's not like I didn't forgive them because shit happens, but it was just more like this person actually gave me the 50 G's back that I gave them. I, oh, shit. I, I think it honestly, it depends on the scenario of how they get the money back because I think with most separations, it's never about, or it's rarely about the actual act. And in this case, it's rarely about the money, but it's about the principle. So I think that if, if you borrow 50 G's from somebody and theoretically you can actually get it back to them in two years, but you get it back to them in five, then that can still be an issue because that person might have, you don't know, you don't know what position that person was in when they gave the money out. They could have been great. That could have been 50 K they had sitting on the side of a hundred million or that right. could have been their last 50 K and they're looking at it like, yo, that's my homie. He's going to get it back to me as soon as he can, because he knows this is a sacrifice that I'm making to make sure that everything is good. And in in those instances, I think, is where it becomes a little bit more nuanced and detailed. So if now they're looking at their homie, and their homie is living life, but they like, yo, my nigga, how you living life? And I need this bread. And that they really banking on getting that 50K back uh, versus a nigga who I think it still would bother somebody who has 100 mil. But it's more so of mm-hmm. they're not is is survival versus necessity at that point. Like the nigga who needs it to survive is probably going to be a little bit more aggressive about it. The nigga who doesn't need it to survive, but it's a necessity off the base of principle. And it's like, yo, you my man's. You said you was going to do X, Y, and Z. So now you got to come through with what you said you was going to do. Um, I think the time frame then will become more tricky because if it's like. You're looking at your man and he's scraping to give you this money back. You might even sit back and be like, my nigga, go eat, nigga. Don't even worry. Like, half this money I'm not even concerned about. Make sure you you getting yourself situated. If you see that this nigga's out here going ham or shorty is out there going ham to get you this money back, 
to a point where you like, yo, you doing too much. Um, but if it looked like they they lollygagging with the shit, I think that adds to the principle of it. And in essence, yeah, it could save a friendship. You know what I mean? Cause I'm starting to I'm starting to get to a point where. <laughs> this is about to sound so fucking crazy, man. It's like when you finally, quote unquote, come into a bag of money. Something chemically in your brain is telling you. No, something chemically in your brain is asking you the way you starting to move now. Is this really you or is this the money? Well. They always say money only amplifies who you are. And so when you get access to money, it only allows you to be more of who you're capable of being. And I think that to some extent, I would say I subscribe to that. I think if you are a person who is a nasty individual, money is only going to amplify Amplify the fact that you're a nasty individual. You're only going to be able to do nasty things to people on a bigger scale. If you are an individual uh, that is a, a, a nice person, the more money you have, the more you're going to do nice things with that money. The more you may do charity and not feel like, damn, do I pick between eating tonight or giving $50, uh, not 50 let's say, or giving, yeah, well, let's say 50 in this case. Fifty dollars to some a charity of my choice, or to a homeless person on the on the street. Like when you have it, you you'll do things without second thought if it's already in you to do it. If you don't if you don't think to be charitable, when you get money, you're not gonna automatically magically start thinking to be charitable. Somebody might put it in your ear like, "Yo, you gonna get some tax money back if you do it." And then you might do it, which still isn't from the heart. But if you've grown up and that's all you've known is like, yo, like, I just been helping niggas out, whether I had it or not. Once you have it, that only get amplified. You're going you gonna to do that on a bigger scale because it's already ingrained in you. Facts. Okay. So that's how I see it. I mean, yeah, I think the, the more money you come across, it just, it, it ends up making you, like, more comfortable with doing certain things and and being there, at least for me, the way I see it is it makes me more comfortable being there in ways that I like to be there for people. As you, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, like sending my homegirl a, a, a care package, that's something I, I enjoy doing. I enjoy doing shit like that. Like it has nothing to do with, with anything else. So if, I could do it on a scale where I I have a hundred million dollars in the bank and I don't have to worry about whatever. I might send niggas on vacation. Yo, you've been working mad hard. I, I know you ain't never did this before. Here is a, a, a fucking vacation to X, Y, and Z, wherever you want to go. Like, if I got the bread to do it, yo, go do that. Enjoy yourself. And no, you don't have to pay me back. No, you don't have to do something nice for me in the future. Like, I'm not doing it because I'm expecting you to do it back. It would be nice, if, but I, I can't tell. I'm not going to force you to be built like how I'm built. I'm built a certain type of way. That's just it. I don't expect anybody else to be built like me. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Um, I think that when I do finally settle down, it will be with somebody who is built like me. And 
that's what makes it hard to find a, a, a significant other for me. It's like, I got to come across someone who's built like me. And not right. everybody is. So, you know, and, and that's no shade and that's no, like, that's not trying to be arrogant or cocky. It just has been my reality. The, the women that I've come across romantically, some have been built like me, but a majority of them haven't. And I'm not going to settle down with someone who isn't able to do that. But at the same time, I'm not going to expect you to be me. Like That's not... You show me who you are, and then I accept it. And if it's for me, it's for me. If it's not, it's not. And that's really what it is with that. But I hope everybody, like, I hope everybody in that situation comes out a winner. Um, And we just... Like you said, bro, um, like, it just, everybody, we got to give people their flowers when when they achieve certain things. Regardless of how you feel about Joe Budden, he is a mogul. Um, That's it. (laughs) That's fucking it. Through the podcasting world, and that brings up our next topic, which is, uh, a meme that has been circulating around regarding do men heal or do they just go and get a podcast? So I guess a lot of people are feeling like now, it's like men can't have shit, but I guess people are feeling like men now use podcasts as therapy. And my question is, do men use podcasts as therapy in a negative way? Is this a... a bad way for men to kind of vent and or talk about things that they can't really talk about yeah because there's stuff on this podcast that i've said in particular last year that probably was tmi for the viewers not tmi for you and flow and People have called me, <laughs> men and women, called me because I guess some episodes to them, they thought I was wilding out. You know, a few episodes, you know, I definitely cried on on on, on air. People called me after, um, you know, certain posts I would write leading up to an episode about to drop people texting me. Um, then I just learned, like, the shit that I was afraid of not becoming, I end up becoming anyway. And then the, the type of life that or lifestyle that I've always wanted. When I finally got it, I'm just like, a part of me is like, yo, but are you still happy, bro? Like I'm happy, but I gotta be, I gotta like second guess and question myself sometimes because i would just be like it took all this venting all this you know people breaking up with you all this job losing for you to be happy part of me looking back like yo that shit sounds toxic as fuck i don't know if that's the right way to categorize that but it's like i guess this is why when people go through certain shit they get mad at god and be like yo god put me through this you know, how could I believe in this person if they didn't get me out of it? Or some people probably still going through it. Niggas probably been listening to our podcast for the last four or five years and they probably hate me with a passion because they probably like, yo, this nigga was struggling or he was losing jobs or he was, you know, he lost his girl. And 
Every time I hear this nigga now in 2021, this nigga is talking about he doing this, he doing that. Now, every time I see this nigga, he, he on fucking this seat. He in this state, he in this country. Because people do ask me. They're like, yo, it's like your life did a 360. I don't really know what to tell them. <laughs> I'm being honest. I really don't know what to tell them because I'm like, I mean, for one, I mean, going back to what you just said, I always wanted to live this life. <laughs> like, I, I always wanted to... You know, I, I, I was mismanaging what I had, and then at the same time, the level of finesse—I should say—I've learned from having jobs. Yo, the shit that I'm doing now, when I don't have a job, I know it's gonna be ten times worse. When it's just strictly this network and dad has some bow ties, I'm giving y'all niggas my inner thoughts now. It's going to be 10 times worse. I promise. You want to know why? Because I know, despite all of my shortcomings, I know the good that I've done for everybody on the face of this planet, whether we still talk or not. I know my good came from a, a good place. I've had people that I've um, put in some of my shows and, you know, talk to about certain things. They don't talk to me no more. We still social media friends. Could you believe? But they don't fuck with me because they think I'm fake. They think I'm not real. They don't think I'm down to earth. They think my life's a joke. Like, this is real shit I'm giving y'all. Like, <laughs> thank you for coming to my distinguished talk. Like, that ass. And I just look at this shit like, now, you know, this is going to like a Drake reference. Drake got a song with the game called 100 and, you know, Drake has a line that goes, um, I would have so much more friends if I lost my success and my confidence. Do you know how real that is? Crazy. <laughs> that is, that's not just a bar. That's, that's a mental health line. Because people want you to do things to make them feel like that's what you should be doing for their appeasement for them to feel comfortable they don't want you to do the upper echelon himalaya um you know high above sea level altitude shit because they're not happy with the shit that they got going on in their life and at the end of the day i get it but you just gotta let motherfuckers rock like i don't hold grudges against anybody you know, I'm I'm learning to let more things go. I'm not trying to be upset every fucking day. I mean, if y'all listening to one of the last episodes, yo, I had to leave one of my work sites because I thought I was physically going to either hurt myself or hurt somebody. Like, that's how upset I was. You know, the fucking other day, you know, I went to the doctor. The doctor told me straight up, yo... You should have had a stroke already. Like, dead ass. That, that's what the doctor told me. Wow. He said, yo, you're stressed. He said, you're allowing whatever's happening to you. You know, he said, your diet has become poor. And here I am thinking I'm eating good. And he's like, no, like, the way you're eating, he said, you're eating in, like, a way that is causing uh, uh, um, damage to how the fuck you're breathing your heart, all of that. He was like, yo, you should have already had a stroke. I swear to God, this is what my 
Uh, PCP told me. This is what he told me. So the moral of the story is this. Um, I don't have the answers, but I do recommend therapy. And if, you know, fellas, if you're listening, going back to the, you know, the boy's original question, I know I went on a Joe Budden rant. Yo, if this is where you start therapy, meaning the podcast, so fucking be it. Because I'd rather you start doing a podcast than you saying wild shit on social media. Like right now, me and XAB has a mutual friend. I don't know what the status of his situation is right now. His last post was yesterday. His last post basically said he's in the hospital because he's on suicide watch. I'll tell you offline. I could yeah. not believe I, I I can't I can't I still can't believe I read that. But that was I that was real. See that, so definitely yeah. let me know what's what's going on there. Yeah, that was that was real. I I didn't reach out to him and he, he did call me the other day. I, I really do, but you know, a part of me too, I've learned that yo, XAB, I take on so much people's personal shit, bro. I'd be like, that shit is too much for me, bro. <laughs> Nah, I'm being that shit is too much for me. So I'm balance sorry. that that we all need to kind of figure out. I mean, we all. I think, I think, out of the three of us, we're all very giving and nurturing individuals. D Flow, myself, you, on this podcast, and for us, the challenge is learning that balance because you can't save everybody, especially uh-huh. if sometimes you need to save yourself. And I think a lot of us have the mentality, well, the three of us have the mentality of, well, we'll sacrifice ourselves to help somebody else. Like, I I can make it through the fire. I don't think they can. So if I got to give somebody my last $100 so that they can eat and then I end up starving, I can starve because I'll make right. it through. I know I'm going to make it through. I'll make a way. I'll find a way. I don't know if right. that motherfucker over there is going to make a way. So I'd rather, I, I'll take the bullet. And I think we have that mentality, but there's something to be learned about being like, I can't do that. Okay. The, 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 best, the best thing for us to do is to say, yo, the best I could do for you is pray for you. <laughs> best I could do for you is pray for you. The best I could do is be your London ear. The best I could That's do some real shit. Is, is, is be there for you. But I can't do it at the expense of me. So, no, I can't take off work to come do X, Y, and Z for you. No, I can't, you know what I mean? I can't give you my last. I can't sit on the phone with you for five hours. I can't, I can't do some of these things because it's at a detriment to me. And we just have to get to a point where we can't do that as often. And I'm, I'm not going to say at all because the circumstances will always be different. And there will always be people that is like, fuck that. I don't care if it is at a detriment to me, I'm going to do it. But to the amount and degree that we do, I do think there's like something to be learned. I think that's part of one of the, the lessons that I had to learn. Like one of the lessons for me, and I, that's part of, I feel like quarantine helped me in that capacity because it, there was a point where it's just like, yo, it was me, myself, and I. Everybody is in their own bubble. So mm. I don't have, like, op- outside opening back up was kind of like, damn, it's opening back up. And not because I don't want outside to be open back up, but now it's like, damn, I'm going to be interacting with people again. 
And I know I'm going to hear or see some shit where I'm going to feel like, yo, let me do the most, unfortunately. Mm. I'm going to do... I'm going to see this and I'm going to be like, nah, they need my help. And I'm going to help them. Or, <laughs> or I'm going to be around somebody and just, again, back to the heart and the way niggas is built. I'm going to just move a certain type of way. And the plan that I have set works best for me in quarantine. Because right now, as we spoke about, I don't think I said it on the podcast, um, but like for the for the next five months, or so, started off at six months, but for the next six, five to six months, I'm trying to just do what I need to do. My checklist, I'm not really, like, actively out here trying to hang out and do all that other extra shit. I'm trying to focus on the podcast, trying to focus on building certain businesses. I'm trying to focus on doing some inner work and reading and self exploration in terms of like really figuring out some more of the core elements that make me happy because I've realized a lot of what makes me happy is attached to making other people happy and although that is cool and that is great and that's amazing at some point it has to come back to you and you got to make sure that you know what to do for you to make you happy and the realization I had to come to is that Part of me making other people happy is a distraction from making me happy. I distract myself Damn. from doing what I need to do for me by by doing things for other people. And then wow. it's like, how long are you going to be able to do that? And how long are you going to be able to pour into other people, see them become successful before you then have to look back and be like, yo, if you put just a little bit of that energy into the shit that you want to see pop off, the shit that you said you want to create and the shit that you want to build up then it would have been done by now. I said, wow. <laughs> Real shit, wow. bro. So, yeah. Um, I think, I think, and my only piece about men use podcasts for therapy is, I'm going to say some shit that probably a lot of people may find a little controversial, but social media is not for men anymore. Social media is no longer a place wow. where men can really be just... Just men, just just kicking wow. it, say certain jokes. When dudes are around dudes, they're able to be what society has kind of molded young men between the ages of 20, 25, 20 to 30 to, to kind of be. They can kick it with their friends and make certain jokes and have certain understandings with one another and feel comfortable. That is not going to then be kicked out and become a huge backlash if they got something wrong, if the joke was too far left, whatever have you. You be around your friends and they don't like something you say, they might be like, yo, bro, you wildin'. And then it's either a conversation or, like, maybe a debate or it's like, nah, you right. And then that's the end of it. But even in, in podcasting, same thing. You can say certain things on a podcast, niggas could check you, on the podcast, like, nah, son, I don't really respect that. I don't, I don't agree with that. They might be like, yo, you wildin'. Leave it at that. It might be a joke or whatever. And people put it out to the world. And a lot of times, you don't have to worry about getting kickback because it's already out there. You already had the conversation. It is what it is. You've already come to whatever conclusion, whether you're going to stand on it or whether you said to yourself, no, I was wildin', so 
yeah, everything that y'all saying to me, I, I, I already heard that already. But social media is not the place where you have that same grace. You say the wrong thing, you're going to get killed. You're going to get dragged. You're gonna, Immediately. You're going to get canceled. You're going to say whatever you, whatever it is that happens in today's a, day and age is going to happen to you. I don't and even so, think... I don't even I don't even think it's in the agenda, but I definitely I mean, <laughs> I, I I wanted to wait because we normally do that, but I had to put it on my page. That situation with the football player and his wife, that shit got yo. That shit got so crazy on my page. That shit ended up in my inbox. That shit got crazy, bro. It was so much people hit me up, and I couldn't do it. I didn't feel like I was being attacked, but I felt like it was so much coming at me. I'm just like, yo, no. Like, no no male's opinion is really respected out here, bro. Like, nobody give a fuck. And, like, and that's nobody thing. cares. Not on social media. Yeah, like, wow. Not on social media. And that's where I think a lot of our disconnect is happening now because you'll have people saying men's opinions is the only thing that matters because of how society has been structured traditionally. But the rules of society in and whether... Those shits need to be torn down or or not. I would subscribe to, obviously, we should have more of an equal uh, understanding amongst the genders in terms of how society should be. Um, but if, if that is what the status quo is right now, that people feel like, and is the case, you can it can be backed up, that men run a lot of the powerful positions of the world, that shit don't apply to social media. Nah. And that's where the confusion happens where where I think sometimes women will look at men and be like, yo, you whining. And men are like, no, dead ass, I don't feel like I have a voice. And that's because, of, and that's why I say, I don't think social media, in today's day and age, of course, anybody can be on social media. But I'm talking about just what Distinguished said, in terms of opinions. Oh, yeah. Men's yeah, opinions nah. on social media. It's over for that. It's either you agree with whatever the mainstream of social media says is right, or you ain't shit. You gotta die. You gotta be canceled. You gotta you be gay. Hurt. Something. <laughs> it's something. The, the defaults for the people that don't give a fuck about men' opinion in general is crazy. Like these defaults is wild. These defaults is. He's pussy. He got to be a bitch. I wonder who raised him. I think that nigga low-key gay. If he ain't ever hit that girl back, why is he complaining about somebody trying to um, have sex with him? He must not be into it. Like, it, it's always an extreme, and that's my problem with social media because when, to this day, it doesn't matter if it happens on social media or if it happens and then the news ends up, ends up capturing it. If something happens to a woman that's, like, detrimental or fatal... People are running and, and they're taking that shit all the way to the bank. And then you're going to see a march the next day. You're going to see a protest happening. You're going to see demonstrations. You're going to see a petition. Um, you're going to see hashtags that say, like, you're going to see it all. And not to say you're not going to see that for a black men or a man's perspective. But the emphasis, I think, the algorithm, I think, the omnipresence, I think, is heavily centered around a woman's voice. Uh, a, a woman's a, a, a woman a woman's opinion and women's right you know the me too movement without social media probably would not be as big as it is today i'm i'm sorry to say me too movement started in 2014 um um 
Instagram was sold in 2014 um, for one point something billion dollars to Facebook. You know, you guys could definitely fact check me on that. That's in my song with Instagram. More of the story is this. I think that what the bro is saying is correct. I think that a lot of people in this day and age that are doing podcasts, that are men that are on social media trying to push it, the way that you're going to have to counter the opposition, meaning social media is not even women, it's what social media has become. You have to literally continue to walk, breathe, eat, sleep in your truth and just every day just try to be a better version of you despite what people think. I was thinking about this today and I was like, do we really think men of color that have done really fucked up shit, do we think they can actually change? And I think they can change, but the overall opinion is they can't change Because society has already told men they have to be a certain way. The moment you deviate from that, I don't even know what the fuck you are. I don't know if you're half a man, three-fifths of a man. I'm I'm not even trying to joke. I'm being honest because I think that there's a lot of progress that a lot of men have made over the years. um, And they're trying to do constructive things to you know, turn their life around, you know, whether it was, whether if it was a man who was incarcerated for 10 years, he comes out, he puts out children books, you know, he tries to give back to the community. People will still remember what the fuck he did 10 years prior and all the fucked up shit he did um, and hold those things against him despite how far he's come from it. You know, a, a person who, you know, like Charlemagne, for example, who was a notorious womanizer on a breakfast club and, you know, still cracks his jokes here and there but it's not as much as it was back then and you know he's come a long way and you know people you know look up to him as a icon in a lot of ways you know you know somebody that has dominated radio in terms of being a personality but they won't let a lot of shit that he did in his past they won't let it live down you know they won't let what leonard did years ago when he got locked up according to his book you know i mean black privilege they they won't forget that shit so it's unfortunate i feel like You know, in a world that's, quote-unquote, dominated by men, quote-unquote, men's opinion is not as dominant as these so-called structures that men have put in place and are in charge of because I think a women's right in general outweighs any sob story from any man, whether there's some truth to that sob story. Because it happened to a woman and with all the other things that women were not able to get um, passed or, you know, um, approved of back in the day. Nobody trying to hear that shit no more. I mean, I, I mean, I also don't want to discredit the fact that women are still oppressed to this day. So I get it. Um, in many instances as to why there is an effort to make sure all voices are accounted for. Um, so I'm not, I'm not against that, and I'm not saying that's a negative thing. Um, but I'm saying that I don't necessarily think one needs to be, as one is uplifted, the other needs to be downgraded. And I think that that is where my concern lies more so. 
is that in order to lift one voice up, the way we're doing it is by downgrading another voice. So especially on social media, it's not that if a woman has a certain type of opinion or women in general have a certain type of opinion that dominates on social media, that if there's a counter by a man that makes sense, I'm not talking about the silly shit, but a counter opinion that actually holds some merit and weight, it's not that it, those two opinions can exist. It's like that other opinion has to be torn down. Mm-hmm. And in essence, to do it, you have to tear down the man that either is presenting it or men in general. And now all of the negative things that distinguish said oftentimes are thrown at men for having certain opinions uh, then happen. And so I don't think that that necessarily has to continue to be the case moving forward. But the overall movement to have women's voices counted way more than they have in the past, I'm 100% for that. That needs to continue, and that that needs to be um, supported as much as possible by men. But just not to the extent that now, if you're a man... Now you have to what bear uh, a form of oppression, I guess, too, to to feel. And some men do. Some men don't get it until they feel it. Some men don't understand how. And as men, we'll never know what women go through. But some men are not empathetic or sympathetic in any way, shape, or form. Um, and so right. some of them need to realize that. Like some men are used to going into spaces, and just because they're a man their voices is heard more than a woman. And so they need to go into spaces where, because they're a man, their voice isn't heard. Um, Just to understand what that is like. But that just shouldn't become the norm. That is my only pushback against that shit. And and it needs to be more discriminant. Like, there needs to be more of an effort to understand which men need that type of tough love versus, versus the ones that don't necessarily need that um, and are just maybe having a debate with you because they don't agree. And that's it's that simple. They just don't agree. This, this society yells, we want more men to get in touch with their quote-unquote feminine side. We want more men to, you know, show vulnerability. We want more men to cry and speak up. But still, the moment that nigga speak up, he a bitch. He's soft. Why are you crying? You a man. Man up. I still hear these things. I still hear these things. I'll be like, wow. The other day, I, 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 I think it was my all-man moment. I was on the bus. A couple was arguing. The couple was on the bus. They got off the bus. Shorty punched the dude in his mouth. Yo, she punched the dude in his mouth so hard, I actually thought he was going to hit her back. Like you, heard, like you heard like the jaw shift. And I was like, he kept telling her, yo, baby, we don't have to do this right here. We could just have a conversation. I don't know if they had already done that before, but she felt very comfortable. She, The way she punched him lets me know that was not the first altercation. The punch connected. Like, the shit connected. It wasn't like a, I'm trying to hit you. No, I'm going to hit you, and I hit you. And it was in a, a, a packed bus. And the moral of the story is I feel like, Men's 
Now this about to sound like a wild, a wild statement. Men's opinions and voices is not heard until a man strikes somebody. That's when you start to feel like you want to hear, even if you don't agree with what he did, you 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 kind of want to hear what he did. You know, I will never agree with what Chris Brown did to Rihanna, but niggas wanted to hear what happened. Niggas wanted to actually know what went down in that car. That's the fact. Whether she started it or not, the fact is he hit back. Because he hit back, I thought his career was going to be over, honestly, because he lost crazy endorsements that year. He was still fairly young. They, they were still teenagers. I was like, damn, this, this might be the end. And like I put on my page, and I'll say it again on this podcast, and I know this weekend I had like, like 10 more people following me Right this second, and I know I lost a whole bunch of y'all by the end of that, you know, by, by the end of that post. It's, it's, it's all good. When you do something in this society as a man by giving your opinion, whether it's in the whether it's in the form of a podcast or you actually say something on a national stage, and the general public does not believe your opinion to be an opinion for them. That opinion that they don't agree with with you turns into a public fact. And now you're on everybody fucking talk show apologizing about what it is that they didn't agree with. You know, you want everybody's podcast. Somebody's trying to get you to say something crazy about it so that they can also have a piece of what everybody else didn't agree with. And the whole time your apology is now being played with. The whole time your apology is being manipulated and twisted because some people are taking it as, you know, this person, he really means it. The majority of the people are saying it, man. He's just saying that shit because he got to say that shit because this nigga's still trying to make money. So it's like, damn, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, I'm sorry, but I can't even be sorry in my apology because what I'm saying for me as a fact, I'm trying to apologize I want to let you know what I did was wrong. I want to let you know what I said was out of character. For you, it's an opinion. So by default, it's a public fact that it is the general consensus. Everybody believes that that shit is not valid. So we're going to blackball you. Every chance we get, we don't care how many things you do positive after that. We're going to try to derail you. We're going to try to fuck up your credibility every, every, every moment we get. Why? Because we feel like you should have never did it in the first place. And if there's a movement like a cancel culture or a Me Too or a feminist movement, that those are battles that men will never win. Yeah, um, we're going to wrap up. Um, and we haven't really been covering politics as much as of late because it's just all been kind of, in my opinion, a shit show. It's just two sides, like, playing their role in a movie. I'm the villain. I'm the quote-unquote good guy. Um, and it just seems silly. Like, politics really just seems kind of goofy at this point in time. But, um... You have mentioned that there was, I mean, to me, this is nothing but sensationalization, but uh, you have mentioned the monkeypox uh, story that's been floating around. The what? Monkeypox story. That's yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, supposedly there is an outbreak of something that had already been um, in in the news back in 1970, uh, back, back in the 1970s. And when I read it, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was we about to go into a whole nother shutdown. You know what I mean? It says, you know, according to um, Baller Alert, County Health and Human Resources Services reported the first case of monkeypox confirmed in a resident of Dallas County. It's believed to be the first case of the virus. When you keep scrolling down, it says the CDC has called monkeypox a rare disease that is caused by infection with the monkeypox virus. The first human case was recorded in 1970 in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Um, it says, while rare, this case is not a reason for alarm and we do not expect any threat to the general public. Dallas County Health and Human Services is working closely with local providers as well as our state and federal partners, said Dallas County Judge Clay Jen- Jenkins. My thing with this is it's hard for a nigga not to go in, in, in his conspiracy back. Right now, cases in fucking Florida are in fucking sane right now with the new cases of COVID. I cannot make this up. It's it's going crazy. It, I think I somebody that I'm friends with reported, she's like, there's like at least a thousand cases a day. What the fuck is going on? I'm feeling like we about to go down into another shutdown. Um, I haven't really been following the numbers in New York. You know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. We got this Delta variant that's floating around. Niggas at my job is skeptical about shit. I'm just like, I don't know, bro. I I feel like to live in constant fear, now that is a true sickness that I do not want no parts of. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not saying... That's why I'm saying this is sensationalized news. This is baller alert. I don't know alert. what's going on. I don't... It, this, this story is, is baller alert and it's clickbait, um, which, you know, for the majority of the pandemic, I think baller alert has been great as a social media, I guess, outlet of news. Um, they covered things with a, a bit of uh, sincerity in terms of their due diligence, but this is nothing but sensationalization. This is obviously cases in COVID are going up, so let's add to the fire and let's put out something that we know people are going to comment on and people are going to say things like, oh, my God, this now we're about to have another. It, it's one case, and the person was quarantined, but they're just using certain words and they're using certain vernacular to get a rise out of those who would read that story and read a title that says monkeypox outbreak. That's not an outbreak. Outbreak is more than one individual who gets quarantined as soon as they get in contact with a particular virus. So um, I just feel like I, I feel like people have to be careful in terms of how susceptible they are to sensationalized news, which they do a lot of times. They do it with the weather. Of course, COVID is always going to be sensationalized, at least for now. I don't know if it necessarily means um, because, yeah, COVID has been, all we hearing is COVID seems to be going up everywhere. 
I don't necessarily know if that means that it's another shutdown of any sort coming our way. I feel like the government is very, very scared of another shutdown. Um, and so I think they're trying to, well, I actually think we opened up way sooner than we were supposed to. And this is one of the reasons why. Um, because last year, if, if you remember during the summer months and the year before, the, well, the, the, the one, the summer of COVID rather, um, shit was slow out here in these streets. There wasn't, it was slow, but the, the cases were dying. It was like, it was like, yo, the numbers are going down and numbers are going down. So there's a belief that during the summer months, COVID isn't as potent as during the winter months. But now this year, it seems to be that it don't give a fuck if it's hot or cold. This shit is out here. So right. uh, I just think that we're still kind of learning this disease and it's changing. There's the Delta variant, which they say is extremely contagious. And they were saying that about the previous forms of COVID. So this one being more contagious. I know I read a story about a, a woman who was completely vaccinated, who was taking care of somebody who she thought had the flu. And she got the Delta variant. But, I mean, part of that is, like, you're taking care of somebody who's sick. You're yeah, in very you're close gonna, proximity yeah. there. You're going um, to be susceptible to getting it. Yeah, so, I mean, it it is... It, it, it's, it is kind of weird in terms of, like, we don't know what's going to happen next. I Again, I think governments are going to try and avoid, at least the U.S. government, is going to try its best not to shut down um, unless shit start really getting crazy. Like, people start dying, and, and that's one thing. You don't hear about the deaths as much. You, we're hearing more about these cases rise, but during the beginning of COVID, there was a... There was a counter on the corner of every news channel that lets you know how many people died, how many pe- how many cases were reported in that day, and that hasn't appeared yet. Now, if that shit come back, then, yeah, we probably heading towards another shutdown. But as of now, I think there's a little bit of sensationalization happening. Of course, uh, most governments want you to be vaccinated. I won't necessarily say that they're in cahoots. But I would say that it would, they, as with everything, if there is an ability to use something to try and get people to do something that they deem to be helpful to whatever the motivation is, then they'll do it. You see these Delta cases coming out and everybody seems to be catching COVID. So what else to now use and say, hey, you need to get vaccinated or you should get vaccinated because we this new variant, we don't even know how much we can protect you from it if you don't get vaccinated. And, you know, that's 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 what I see happening with the sensationalization, even with this monkeypox shit. Like, there's no reason for that to really be a, a, a report from a major outlet like Baller Alert. But, again, mm-hmm. people want clicks. People want conversations. People want debates about... Is this a plan? Is this not? Is is this a conspiracy? Is it not? Like, everybody is eating off of, unfortunately, the public's panic and the public's fear. And that's why I always try to stay more science-based than anything else because, and I've been saying this for a while, 
just as much as there are people out there that are pushing one agenda uh, that people may feel is like government contrived or or industry contrived in terms of, yo, we want people to get vaccinated. We want people to do this. We want people to do that. There are people who are doing the exact same thing with the opposite information. Don't get vaccinated because this is what I'm seeing about vaccinations. Instead, buy my mangoes. My mangoes give you vitamin C. And with enough vitamin C and D in your system, you won't get sick. That's a crock of shit, honestly. You got people. I'm for the people. And I'm telling y'all not to get vaccinated. And I'm bringing up all of this stuff from historical context from the past, which you cannot dispute. But then I'm going to sell my T-shirt that says anti-vax. Because I know now that there's a group of people who feel like they're holding on to something by saying, I'm not getting vaccinated. Something deeper than just not getting vaccinated. I'm holding on to the concept of being a rebel, or I'm holding on to the concept of fighting against the government. And by not saying doing or, or participating in what anybody that seems like a government official, or anybody that seems like they're giving mainstream information out, then that means that I'm being righteous in my thought process. And everybody's going to pick the path that they need to. My only point is, just as much as there seems to be sensationalization around the the idea of getting vaccinated and there being commercials about it 24-7, it's on the radio, it's on your favorite programming, some of your favorite artists are making songs about it, Shout out to Manny Fresh. <laughs> um, you Damn. know, there there are so many different areas that seem to be just pushing this one. There are also people that are doing the other and they don't have your best interest in mind either. It may not always be a money grab, but sometimes it's a clout chase. And when it's not a clout chase, it's about being the smartest nigga in the room. Niggas love trying to be the smartest nigga in the room and having some secret information that nobody else has. And unfortunately, social media kind of breathes this bullshit um, a lot. So, again, I just I think people just need to be science-based. Um, and that just means doing a lot of research. That means doing research you agree with. That means doing research with shit that you don't agree with. And just coming to whatever conclusion you come to on your own. And I don't think there's any... I don't think you should shade anybody or whatever route, unless it, it is a dangerous route, unless people are getting hurt based off of the route and based off of the decisions that people make. But other than that, people decide they don't want to get vaccinated. That's on that's on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's their decision. People want to get vaccinated. That's on them. And that's their decision. But whatever decision you choose, just make sure you're doing it with the proper amount of, of research and understanding and whatever knowledge you need for yourself um, because every outlet is sensationalizing one way or the other, either trying to force you not to get vaccinated or they're trying to force you to get vaccinated. And sometimes they ain't even giving you the right information for either one. But um, yeah, the other thing is Tokyo is wild. And that's one of the reasons why I think we opened up too soon and we're trying to do this Olympics, but damn near all the fucking athletes catching COVID. 
they they the uh Japan itself got some state of emergency for Tokyo because it's COVID running rampant, and now they're trying to have anti-sex beds. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like it's it's a hot mess. Miss Richardson, just start your own league. I tagged you, beloved. Just stay out of it. Just stay out of it. Um, and the final thing for for politics, and then we'll wrap up. We'll have to do that other segment segment we had in mind another day. But um, Al Sharpton and Ben Crump are representing the family of an unarmed white teenager that was killed by police. What are your thoughts? Um, not a money grab. I think this is a political stance. Which political stance? I'm not quite sure yet. I think these niggas is playing chess and not checkers anymore. That's how I see it. At first, it I had a lot of questions. Um, not to say that because they are black and they fight for black people predominantly, that they can't fight for a white family. But I just didn't understand the motivation originally. Um, was a little, like, confused um, as to why it was such a story. Um, but then I thought about it a little bit more, and I said, oh, these niggas is playing chess. And I respect it. Because they kill two birds with one stone by doing this. And... I, at the center of it, somebody did pass and somebody's family is mourning a, a young person that was killed um, for no reason. So I don't want to make it seem like this is just like a video game. There are lives in play and at stake. Um, however, the implications of this action really tell me that there is a deliberate an intentional reason as to why they decided to represent this case. And on one hand, you kill the bird of, oh, we're trying to make it seem like this only happens to black people. This happens to white people. Never hear about it. They never talk about it. And so, like, the system is just, it's favorite is favoritism for blacks. Can't say that anymore with them bringing this case to the forefront. And then the second part of it is you convince that middle part of America that may feel like policing doesn't have to change because they they're comfortable with seeing all these black bodies get killed and murdered because maybe they believe that that person's supposed to have resisted. That person was probably speaking back. Black people don't have the best rapport with police. You're catching that person now, and you're letting them know that, no, there is a policing problem in America. There's more of a policing problem with black people in America, but there is a policing problem in America, and until we do something about it as a whole, this could be your daughter, this could be your son. This could be your little niece or nephew. And are you comfortable with that? Are you okay with that? And so mm. it feels like a, a chess move in that capacity of it. And 
I think it's it's smart. Um because you're you're really tackling some of the notions and some of the ideologies that exist that have been one of the hampers to getting justice for black people. Because if you don't think that the system is broken, why would you want to fix it? But now when it happens to one of yours, it's kind of hard for you to say the system ain't broken. And not that it hasn't been happening to white people because we know it has, but now with these two behind it is getting national news. And once you do that, you play in a different ball game. So I guess we'll keep our eye on it. See what happens. Yeah, I mean, we got to. The premise uh, is unarmed, killed by the police. Why wouldn't you take the case? Facts. Uh, what's the tough knot, bro? Tough knot, damned if you do. Damned if you don't. But if you do, be happy with whatever decision you make, black man. What would dad say? Um, Dad would say you don't always know the amount of love that others may have for you because we are kind of in a space where people aren't really as open with giving flowers unless there is a form of clout behind it. You know, that person has to to be somebody uh, in the public light or locally or whatever for people to feel more comfortable showing love uh, on their socials or in public or whatever. But Nine times out of ten, there are people that you don't even know that may have never told you, that may never tell you, that look up to you, that look to your moves, that love the person that you are, and just admire you in general. And I think it's just important to keep that in mind on an everyday basis and keep that understanding that you are loved, you are appreciated, and you are wanted by many. And in those times where I think we all have, where we may not feel like that, remember that. Like, remember I said that. Remember those words just in general because it's true. You will not always get all of your flowers while you're still here. And that's just the reality. Not everybody is comfortable or willing or able to tell you how much they appreciate you, how much they love you, and how much they need you. But I guarantee nine times out of ten, you have at least three people at any given moment that are thinking about you, that really appreciate the fact that you are alive, that they can reach out if they need to, if they wanted to, and that you do whatever it is that you do. You may not get all the accolades for getting up every week, rain, sleep, shine or snow and doing a podcast you may not get the 10,000 views that you think your music video deserves you may not get all the accolades for staying up five hours out of the day to chop up a music video or or to to chop up videos in general but i promise you there's someone out there saying i respect that fucker's grind I respect that individual 
for doing what they do, and they may never tell you because it may not be cool to you yet. So that's what Dad would say. Another episode of Dad has some bow ties, and we are out of here. Peace.